Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Live Free Creative, an intentional podcast with practical tips for living your life on purpose. I'm your host, Miranda Anderson, and I believe in creativity, adventure, curiosity, and the magic of small moments. I hope that every time you listen, you feel empowered and free to live the life that you want. Hello, welcome back to Live Free Creative Podcast. This is episode number 245, all about energy management. How are you doing? It's the end of June or like mid-summer. I mean, I guess technically summer solstice-wise, the summer has just begun. I hope that it's going great for you. It's going well for me. Uh, My middle child's birthday is actually on June 21st, on summer solstice, which feels doubly special. It's always been really fun for us. He loves it. Actually, Elliot thinks it's really cool and talks about the real summer all the time. Like school ends, but that's not the real summer. The real summer is when summer solstice happens. Plum also has been a little bit upset from time to time when she is reminded that her birthday in December means that she doesn't get a whole lot of daylight. And Elliot's birthday is the longest day of the year, the longest amount of daylight of the year up here in the Northern Hemisphere. So we've had to have conversations about celebrating Plum's half birthday so she can have more hours of daylight. And, you know, if you have kids, you know how this goes. (laughs) It's pretty, pretty fun. I'm all up for celebrating sunny days you all, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you probably know that I'm fairly solar powered. I love the sun. I love the summer. I'm a desert inspired soul. I think that I feel at home most when I'm in like a dry, hot, arid climate, which is not where I live. And I love living in Richmond, Virginia. I love all of the seasons here and we get really beautiful, like four distinct, really cool seasons. And there's something just about the summer, about the the sunshine, particularly the sunshine. I think part of why I had such a wonderful upbringing in Salt Lake City, Utah, despite not being a fan of the cold, is that the winters are really sunny. There, I don't know why. I don't know that it's like that everywhere. But where I grew up, it would be freezing cold and snowing or snowy. And then it would be blue skies and sun the next day. And, you know, we would have weeks of sunshine, even though it was cold. And I think 
it was not so much the temperature, but the sky, the sun that helped me stay uplifted and energized. And today we're talking about energy management. So I just think it's an interesting note to ask yourself, just think for yourself, what energizes me about the weather? Like what weather feels energizing to me? How am I affected physiologically and mentally, psychologically by what's happening outside? And how do I embrace that? How do I accept it and flow with it rather than fighting against it? One of the things that I've done to manage my wintertime slump is to try to take a sunny vacation sometime during the winter. Usually like February, March is ideal because at the beginning of winter, it's all kind of sweet. You know, you think it's fun that it's like sweater weather, sweater weather, and you get to wrap up and drink hot cocoa and have like early movie nights. And then the charm sort of wears off. And so by you know, you get through the holidays because that's always fun and exciting and enthusiastic and there's things to think about. But then we hit like mid-January, early February, and it just feels cold and dark. So I try to go on vacation to help manage my wintertime energy. What do you do? How do you manage the the sort of ups and downs that happen with the weather? And with so many other things, that's what's so interesting and what we'll get into later in this episode, that our energy is affected by so many different variables throughout our day by what we eat by our levels of fitness or exercise or movement by our exposure to music and to the arts by our conversations whether they're uh, you know responsive and uplifting conversations or whether we have critical or negative or argumentative conversations our engagement in what we're doing, whether we're doing things mindlessly or whether we're doing them mindfully, affects our energy levels. The weather affects our energy levels. So many things, some that are within our control and some that are not. And we'll discuss more of that in a little bit. Energy management, as you'll hear later in the episode, I'll share kind of my introduction to the idea of energy management. This, this episode, by the way, is an encore episode of episode number two, which aired in September 2018. OMG. First of all, wild that I've been doing this show for almost five complete years. Second of all, every single bit of it is just as relevant as it was even then, probably more so after going through the pandemic and emerging from that entirely transformed as a society, as a people, as families the way that we manage our energy is more important now than ever probably and just having some awareness around what that looks like and i this episode also comes with a free download a a pdf worksheet that's an energy management sort of profile to help you get to know yourself and understand a little bit more about your own personal energy profile so that will be available in the show notes if you go to livefreecreative.co slash podcast Find episode 245 and just click on the button or I think you'll just enter your name and email and I'll email it right to you. I do want to mention that I noticed as I was re-listening to this episode that I used to go to bed a lot later than I do now. (laughs) So I think I say something in the show like my brain turns off around 10 p.m. Folks, five years later, my brain turns off around 536. Especially I notice as I've been doing schoolwork and really having to to have some dedicated creative output time, I have to do that in the morning. If I get into like even afternoon, my ability to focus on deep creative thinking 
has disappeared, especially production. I can I can think like kind of mind wandering or like go on a an intentional creative walk to try to generate ideas. And I might have some ideas that I can take notes on, but actually sitting down and doing deep research or creating like producing words on paper is really not easy for me these days after after the the early afternoon. So that has helped me plan my day and for this last year and a half, plan my day so that I'm able to generate production in the morning, my deeper research, deeper thinking, deeper focused energetic output has to happen before noon or two. And then I'll, you know, luckily, lots of things in our lives don't take that amount of focused energy and effort. And that amount of creativity and innovation and and like real unitasking. So I, I try to stack all of those other things, the lower energy tasks, like doing laundry, helping kids with homework, picking up groceries or running errands or visiting with friends. All of those other things can happen in the second half of the day. But knowing that sets me up for success because if I were trying to plan on doing a regular day and then really digging into my graduate work, like after the kids go to bed, for example, I wouldn't have completed the program because after the kids go to bed, I go to bed. (laughs) And I even am not able to process nonfiction at night very easily. So I I felt bad at the beginning of graduate school that I was still making time to read fiction novels at night, but I tried to read some of my nonfiction textbooks and and I just didn't, I just couldn't, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. I needed to just be able to have like an easy to understand story and and to not have to think deeply about anything. So in some ways it was really nice because I really loved to read fiction and I loved having a place for that even through my graduate school experience. And it still feels nice to know that I can do all of my hard creative output in the morning. I can exercise. I can, you know, try to, to manipulate the circumstances of my life for the greatest amount of energy and creative expenditure possible. And I'm a human person. And so there comes a time where I have to shut it all down and allow myself to do those lower energy things, to enjoy some passive entertainment, to read and, you know, a fun beach read. And when you start to understand the rhythms of that and your own personal rhythms, it makes life so much easier. And if not easier in terms of like, I mean, difficult things are still going to happen, but you give yourself more compassion and grace when you understand what you're going through and when you understand what other people are probably going through as well. This episode, more than anything, probably serves as a bit of awareness for you to dig into create your own idea of how to make energy and time work for you better and more easily and more enjoyably and to accept that you probably need some more compassion and and grace with yourself and with others because we are only human and we have different seasons we have different levels of energy and excitement and enthusiasm and there are things we can do to generate it and there are also things that we have no control over that can deplete it. That awareness is really key and helpful. And if you listened to this episode five years ago when it came out, continue listening because I recorded it and it was really beneficial for me to go back and listen again too. Now, this has been a long intro, but we're going to do a quick peeks of the week before we dive in. (music) 
my first peak of the week is something that I've enjoyed for many years and I don't think I've mentioned here before. It is a free morning speaker series that is international. So wherever you are in the world, there's probably one near you. It's called Creative Mornings. The whole event started in 2008 when a graphic designer named Tina Eisenberg, or if you know her from online, from the OG days of blogging and Instagram, her um, handle is Swiss Miss. She started Creative Mornings because she wanted to just have an accessible creative event for New York City's community. And the concept started with breakfast and a short speaker, one Friday morning a month. It's always been free of charge, and now it is all over the world, including virtual field trips and all sorts of other things. You can join online, and then you can attend one Friday a month in one of you know hundreds of cities all over the world. I first found out about Creative Mornings when I lived in Austin, Texas, and started going regularly to the meetings there. And then I moved to Richmond in 2017, and immediately jumped back in, started going. I was asked to be a speaker here in Richmond at the Creative Mornings in December, I think of 2018, and had such an amazing time just kind of embedding myself back into the Creative Mornings community. And then COVID, of course, put everything virtual for a while. And now people are back to in-person events. It's really, really amazing to go once a month. I mean, I don't go every single month, but to have the option to go once a month have coffee and donuts or bagels and breakfast and meet people in your city doing interesting things. The Creative Mornings community is made up of all sorts of different people. There's entrepreneurs and freelancers, there's graphic designers and you know ad agency people. There's also sculptors and ceramicists and moms. The manifesto of Creative Mornings is that everyone is creative and that a creative life requires bravery, action, honesty, and hard work. And the community is really just around to support you. The entire thing is volunteer run. It's free to attend. It's fr- Everything is run by volunteers. It's a nonprofit. And they do a lot of good, both in people's individual lives and in the communities where it exists. So I want to invite you to find out where the nearest Creative Mornings live event is to you and make it a goal to attend. I think it's so funny. Someone has called Creative Mornings TED for the rest of us. So if you love the idea of having a free breakfast and an inspiring speaker once a month or once a quarter or even once a year, find a way to get involved in a Creative Mornings near you and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I have. My second peak of the week is Trusted House Sitters. This is a website that someone mentioned to me when I told a friend that we were going away for a month and that we were looking for someone to come stay in our house and manage our animals while we are gone. Boarding the dogs for that long seemed like a big expense and not great for them. I'd rather them be in their home environment. The cats love being home. I've never boarded them outside of the house before. And the chickens, of course, have their own coop and their own schedule happening in the backyard. So the best fit for us was to really have someone come live in our house and take care of the animals while they also house it. Trusted House Sitters is a website that facilitates this exact thing. It's a no money exchanged option for people looking for houses to stay in for free in exchange for pet and plant care can be matched up with people like us who are leaving and need someone to come stay in our house, ideally for free, in exchange for pet and plant care. Once you set up your profile, you can put the dates that you are looking for someone to come 
house and pets it. And then people respond. You get different applications, essentially. People from all over the world responded to mine. And I was able to look through them. One person wanted to bring her own dog along. That wasn't going to work for us. And so I you know, kindly declined that one. Uh, there were a couple that made more sense than others. And so I, I hopped on a couple FaceTime calls, essentially did some short interviews. And we have a wonderful woman who lives in England coming to stay in our house while we're gone with her college-age son, who's going to be starting at VCU in the fall. The whole scenario worked out so perfectly. This woman and her son are excited to come stay in our house to take care of the animals. They're both animal lovers. They got to meet the pets virtually. And this way, this, you know, first-time university student gets to settle into the city for the month before he moves into student housing and begins his college career. So it really was a great win-win. No money exchanged. Both parties benefit. And the whole thing just reminds me of the power of community and the power of uh, coming together and sharing things that we need, not just finding a solution, but finding a solution that actually builds some meaning and value in, in many people's lives. If you are looking to travel less expensively and would like to stay for free in exchange for pet and plant care, you can look on trusted house sitters to find locations to go sit all around the world, all around the country. You may choose something near you. You may, you know, use it as an opportunity to go to Australia and stay there for a month. I don't know. Also, if you're a pet parent like we are and you want to travel a little bit more easily without paying the cost of boarding or being able to keep your animals in their own homes, then you may want to create a profile and offer up your living space to people coming to take care of your own pets and plants while you're out of town. I know this isn't for everyone. We actually have had several different times over the last few years where people have come and stayed in our home in exchange for pet and plant care. This is not the first time that we've done this as a family. There have been three other previous times that we have had people come stay in our house while we're gone in exchange for pet and plant care. And it's worked out really well. The nice thing about trusted house sitters is that it's already set up and organized to match people up. Previously, I just like sent a shout out on Instagram like, hey, does anyone want to come stay in my house for a month? So this feels even more official and easy. And I'm really excited to see how it goes. So creative mornings and trusted house sitters are my peaks of this week. Now enjoy this Encore episode from season one, all about energy management. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. A few years ago, about five years ago is when I noticed a real shift in my life. I was pregnant with my third baby. We were moving across the country. I had started working for myself for the first time. I am an, an RN and had worked as a nurse for years, but this was when I stepped out of that role and began working as a blogger and an influencer and a content creator. And I was focused so much on trying to manage my time to be efficient and accomplish all of the things that I needed to. 
and I was burning out very quickly. Part of it was that I was pregnant, I had moved across the country, and I was starting a new job. So right, like all of those things combined equal burnout. I was getting to nap time and putting my boys to bed for naps and That was the time that in my head I was going to be so efficient and get so much stuff done because it was like my time and all I wanted to do was sleep. I thought this is so interesting that I'm not out of time. I'm out of energy. I have enough time to do all of the things that I want to do, but I am out of energy by the time I get to those wide open places and I needed to figure that out. We all have the same amount of time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. You and I and Beyonce and Steve Jobs, when he was here, he had the same amount of hours and days and weeks that you and I have. Why do our lives and the level that we accomplish look so different? There's a lot of reasons. And I actually do believe that while time is the same for all of us, that it can be abundant and flexible depending on how we think about it and how we use it. And I'll share more about that in other episodes. But generally speaking, time is finite. You use it or you lose it. Once that minute is gone, you don't get it back. The difference between time and energy then is that energy is renewable. You don't run out of energy and then you're done for the whole day. You can do things and even think about things that renew your energy so that you're then able to accomplish more or change your attitude. We can actually recharge by doing things that build our energy. We can also have experiences that very quickly drain our energy. And I'm sure that a lot of you have experienced that one thing that happens during the day, an unexpected bad news or a run-in with a friend or something that will instantly drain your energy and you feel like, oh, I am not going to be able to accomplish anything else today because my energy is gone. It's been zapped by this one event. As I was trying to figure out how to the most efficient and accomplish the most amount of fulfilling things in my life, I realized I couldn't rely on time management, that I needed to focus on my own personal energy management. It has become something that has really determined a lot of the decisions that I've made over the last five years, choosing things that are individually fulfilling, recognizing what things build my energy and what things drain my energy, trying to systematically eliminate energy draining decisions from my life and energy draining situations from my life are things that have allowed me to then use what energy I have to the best of my abilities and to flourish with it. I can't say that I'm perfect at it. It's definitely a work in progress as are most things in life, but having the tools to think about my time and energy in this way has been really helpful and has made, like I said, it's determined a lot of the decisions that I've made in the last few years. So something that I want you to recognize is that energy levels, the things that build and deplete our energy, are really individual. Also, that we we come born with a personal energy profile, this baseline level of energy that we have. And I think we would recognize that, right, in babies. 
I recognized my first baby was high energy. Even from the time he was in my belly, he was nonstop kicking, moving, action. And he's come out like that high energy person. My second baby, lower energy person. Chill baby in the womb, chill baby out of the womb. So our baseline energy profile is natural. It's something that we come with. And that's also a reason why we cannot compare our energy levels and our life with anyone else. Because at this very basic level, we're different. We're individuals. And the things that we come with and also the things that build and drain our energy are different. The factors that build and drain our energy are based upon the things that we love, the things that light us up. What brings you joy and builds your energy in your life is going to be different from your sisters, from your parents, from your friends, from the people you follow online, from the people that you look up to and want to be like. It's going to be different. And so what happens when you start to build your own personal energy profile and your energy management system for your own life is that you have to turn inward. You cannot look out and rely on what other people are doing or the things that bring other people joy. There will be some overlap here and there, but you are your own person with your own bundle of energy, This your own special soul and the things that light you up are going to be different than what lights everyone else up. So that is so freeing, isn't it? To recognize that you get to do this work for yourself and that you get to determine the things that you love and that will build your own energy. And likewise, the things that drain your energy may be things that build someone else's up and you get to choose to ignore them because they'll drain your energy even though they're building someone else's up. Stepping out of the comparison game is becomes really important when we talk about energy. The idea of focusing on my own energy builders in my life and my own energy drains has allowed me to be more effective. I have spent a lot of time and energy over the last few years recognizing the things that don't matter to me. It's a lot easier for me to recognize what I don't care about than what I do what are the things that drain my energy or what are the things that I spend a lot of time like feeling in confusion about or that it takes me a really long time to make a decision? Those are the things that I don't want to have to make those decisions, that I would rather simplify those areas of my life because I realize that I actually don't care that much. An example is what I wear. I want to feel like myself. I want to be in comfortable mostly casual, mostly neutral clothes. And I don't want to spend more than five minutes choosing an outfit. It doesn't bring me joy to be surrounded by mountains of clothing. It doesn't bring me joy to go to Nordstrom and like stroll through and see all of my millions of options. None of that builds my energy. I feel free by having a capsule wardrobe. And a capsule wardrobe is something I'm going to definitely dive into in more detail in a future episode because I know there's a lot of interest in that. A capsule wardrobe for me is having a very small amount of clothes that are every single piece is something that I love. So when I want to get dressed, I go to my closet, I pick something out and I put it on and it's as simple as that. And I love it. I, I feel so free by that. My older sister, as an example of someone different from me, thrives in an environment of fashion. She loves options. She loves building these perfect outfits. She looks phenomenal all of the time. And she does it for herself. 
She's not doing it for anyone else. She does it because she loves it and that builds her energy. And so recognizing that that is different from the way that I am allows us to just live our own lives that way and be so happy for each other and the things that that bring us joy individually. So I want to give you some example of things that burn my energy quickly. You may relate to some of these. Maybe you won't. Scrolling passively through social media. And I say passively because I can really be energized by social media when I'm an active participant, when I'm liking, commenting, responding to, to DMs or asking questions of people, when I'm feeling inspired by interacting and using it as an actual connection tool. That's very different than when I'm just scrolling and just like consuming without putting any energy into it. It's actually odd as I put more energy into social media by being an active participant, it gives energy back to me. When I just consume it, it drains me. The same is true for TV or other types of digital media. Not saying that I don't watch TV because I totally have shows that I love and I watch them at low energy times of day when I don't need to be building my energy like when I'm folding the laundry and it's 10 at night and there's really nothing else that I'm going to do. Consuming TV feels like an energy drainer for me. Shopping without a focus. And I talked about this a little bit with the clothes. When I'm just in a store wandering, I don't feel inspired. I feel drained. I love to shop when I have a clear picture of what I want and I'm going to get it. I go to find it. The only exception for me to this is when I'm on vacation. The shopping on vacation becomes experiencing part of another culture. I often don't buy things, but I just feel like I'm experiencing a culture. And so that's different. And the other thing for me is grocery shopping, which I love. And I think it's because I love food so much. I love grocery shopping. I love seeing the fruits and vegetables. I love smelling the cilantro. I love seeing the beautiful dairy products and choosing the ones that I want and thinking about the meals I'm going to make. And so you may be thinking, I hate grocery shopping with a passion. That's where we're different. (laughs) So you can see how this is also personal. Another thing that burns my energy quickly is focusing on problems that I can't control. Instant energy drain. If I can't control the problem, and I'm pouring energy into it, I am pouring it into a bucket with a hole in the bottom. It is falling out onto the floor. There's nothing I can do about that. The other energy burn that I recognize for myself is multitasking my motherhood. When I multitask work and motherhood, I feel drained. When I focus on my kids, when I am focused on them and have intentional interactions with them, that is when I don't feel that energy drain. And motherhood in and of itself, like I think of the household duties that are involved with that. Sometimes I'm cooking dinner while my kids are talking to me or sometimes I'm doing yard work and, you know, while they jump on the trampoline and like multitasking within its own field. But when I'm crossing over being a mom and working or being a mom and like doing social media, that feels like a drain to me. Okay, so as I was going through those, I want you to think about for you, What are some of the things that burn your energy quickly? Just take a moment and recognize those and think about how they fit into your life and if you're indulging in those more often than you should. Okay, next I want to move on to things that build my energy quickly. One thing that absolutely builds my energy quickly is exercise. And I mentioned in the last episode, it's something that I am trying to get back to in a regular way. I know that it is an energy builder. I know that it saves my sanity. I know that it's good for my body and I need to fit it back into my life in a meaningful way. And so that's something that I recognize as being really positive for me and I want to be doing it more. Another thing that builds my energy quickly is being in nature 
especially if I put my phone away and I am just in it, looking at the trees and the flowers and the mountains and the beauty of the earth. I grew up in nature. I grew up camping and hiking and backpacking and I love the earth. I love the beauty of the earth. I love the water. I love the greenery. I love the animals. I love the birds. I love just seeing nature. And when I escape to that place and I go on a walk or I go on a hike or I sit by the river, I am instantly filled with happiness and with energy. Another thing is creating things. And this is part of why I'm a maker. I've recognized from a very young age that when I make things, I feel better. I love the act of creation. I love the exercise of creativity. I mentioned in the last episode, it's not about the product for me. It's often about the process and creation builds my energy. Another thing that builds my energy is gratitude practices or focusing on things within my control, focusing on the abundance in my life, thinking of my blessings, thinking of the things that I want, that I already have how I'm living the life of my dreams right now, that is such an energy builder for me. It brings so much joy to my life. And another one is like the flip side of the multitasking with my kids. I mentioned meaningful activities with my kids and with my family. Intentional focused time with them builds my energy quickly. So likewise, I want you to think for yourself, what are some of the things that bring you joy, that build your energy And are you including those in your life in a regular way? Are they built into your schedule? If not, you may need to do some shifting. Let me give you a couple examples of how energy management works in my life, what it looks like once I have the understanding of some of my personal energy profile, how that affects the way that I do things. One example is that I work in the morning when my energy is naturally higher. My kids go to school and they walk out the door and I walk out the door and I go to my studio and I sit and work. The morning hours are like gold for me. That's when I feel awake and alert and full of creativity and I need to sit down and do my work then. I also try to not do anything worthwhile after 10 p.m. And I say anything worthwhile because about 10 p.m. I feel like I turn into a pumpkin. I don't have any energy left. I'm kind of done for the day at that point. That doesn't mean that there haven't been times that I push through and, you know, get something meaningful done. But for the most part, if I have something that requires my attention and requires any amount of creativity or inspiration, I can't do it in the evening. I just can't. Some days I feel like I turn into a pumpkin at 7 p.m. I reserve tasks that are more meaningless for the end of the day. Things like folding the laundry. That's about it. (laughs) I don't know what else I do. I go to bed. I do like to read at night. Sometimes I watch a show. Like if I do want to watch a show and catch up, that's going to be the time that I do it. I recognize the times of day that I feel lower energy and those are the times of day that I align with lower energy activities, mindless activities like cleaning or doing laundry, things like that. Another thing is that I try to get in a flow before I work with some regular self-care habits. So I've talked about this in a couple of blog posts and I'll talk about it, I'm sure, in an upcoming podcast, but I have a few things that I do regularly that build my energy. One of them is may seem really silly, but I get my nails done on a regular basis. And this would have seemed frivolous to me years ago. And when I started doing it, 
I recognize that I love the feeling of having my hands. I use my hands so often. I love when my nails are done and they look clean and they're shiny and they're pretty. I get gel nails so they stay on. They don't chip for like two to three weeks. I love that hour. It gives me an hour to sit in the salon, not do anything, not think about anything. My hands are occupied so I can't scroll through my phone. And it has kind of become like an odd meditation for me. And I love the way that it makes me feel and so it's a regular part of my life. I also like to do some sort of creative exercise before I start working. I like to answer my emails after I get my substantive work done. If I recognize that I'm not feeling great, if I'm in a, if I have a bad attitude or if I'm just kind of in a funk, then I try to focus on the things that will build my energy up before I get to meaningful work. So I will go on a walk, I will do a gratitude practice, I will get some exercise before I try to jump into something that I know I need to focus on. Another thing that I've started recently that I love is asking myself the question, what else could I be doing when I feel stuck in some sort of a funk? If I'm in a social media loop and I'm just scrolling through Instagram, which we all have been there, I ask myself, what else could I be doing? And that helps me put down my phone and go accomplish something that is more meaningful. I I have a running to-do list of a million things in my life. I'm sure you do too. When I take the time to ask myself, what could I be doing that would be more fulfilling or more meaningful, it helps me to recognize that I may be wasting my time and energy. And so then I can hop to something different. So at this point in the episode, I want to help you determine what your personal energy profile is with a few questions. And I'm going to put these, I have a PDF of these from a presentation I did years ago, and I'm going to put it on the blog in the show notes, livefreecreative.co backslash podcast. And you can go and download a, a printable of this and fill it out. You're probably listening while you're driving or on a run or doing dishes or something else. So answer them in your head. But if you want to actually write them down, then you can head to the blog and print those out. Think of your answers to the following questions. Are you naturally a morning person or a night person? If you have a free day, do you hit your to-do list or do you use that day to relax? What time of day do you feel the most ready to take on the world? I call those hours the golden energy hours and I protect them. So those are my morning hours. I try to schedule appointments and meetings and things for the afternoon Because my morning hours are my golden energy hours. What are those for you? Think about the last time you were brilliantly happy, filled with joy. What is it that you were doing? If you can pinpoint those moments, you will find some of your energy builders. And those are the things you're going to want to incorporate into your life to build your energy on a regular basis. What are some things that make you feel instantly tired or unhappy? Those are going to be your energy drainers. And those are the things that you need to play around with to see if you can A, eliminate them from your life or B, reduce them to parts of the day where you naturally have a lower energy anyway so they don't get in the way of you accomplishing and fulfilling the things that you want to. Recognizing your own energy levels as you plan your hours and your days can help you be realistic about how much you can schedule and when. I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I do still plan my time. I have a planner that I love. I schedule things where they go. I break down my goals into smaller goals and I get things done in a pretty specific way. But I also totally use my personal energy profile and my energy management to inform when and how I schedule my time. I can 
make adjustments to allow for energy building activities on a day that looks like I'm going to have a lot of energy drainers happening. And I can also move my energy draining activities to times of day or times of the week even where I am naturally going to have a lower energy anyway. I hope that this isn't just like bizarre and confusing for you. I hope that you're following and that you're, some of this is resonating as, as truth for you. I don't sit and think about, okay, what is my energy going to be like? Or what are you like? I think it's all become sort of natural to me and habitual as I've created a lifestyle where most of the things that I do are things that I love and that build my energy. And I've eliminated a lot of unnecessary decisions and energy drainers for me. And I'll talk more about that, I'm sure, in upcoming episodes. But I think if you really take from this, what are the things that you love individually and what are the things that you don't necessarily care that much about and try to fill your life more with the things that you love and try to eliminate more the things that don't matter as much to you and really recognizing that it's so personal that you have to do this work for yourself and you can't rely on what all of the people around you are doing or saying or how they're living their life because it's going to be different. Another really important thing that I want to sort of close up with is that the seasons of your life will ebb and flow and your energy levels will ebb and flow with them. Big life events can really build your energy in an exciting way or they can totally drain your energy as you're moving or you're pregnant or you have a job change or really any type of opportunity change or you have health issues happening. Even though our time remains the same throughout our life, those 24 hours a day, you had them when you were 10, you have them when you're 20, you'll have them when you're 70. The time doesn't change. It remains static and continuous throughout our entire life. Our energy levels are dynamic and they will change and they will grow and they will shrink. And depending on the season of our life and the circumstance of our life, they will be super, super different. And so if we try to manage our time the same throughout our life, we will find that we're coming up short or that things are not working out exactly the way that we hope. I remember being so confused as a young pregnant woman why I could not accomplish simple tasks. I would go to work and I would come home and I would sit on the couch for like the whole rest of the day. I was so tired. My energy was so low. I was really sick. And I was really sad and confused that I couldn't just simply feel the same that I used to feel or use my time the same way that I wasn't accomplishing all these things that I wanted to accomplish. We have to allow ourselves grace and patience through our lower energy times of life. And as we do that with gratitude and some chill, we'll be able to shift back into the higher energy seasons with ease. So if you're in a lower energy time of life right now for whatever reason or whatever situation or circumstance, I want you to just take a deep breath and feel that and accept it and acknowledge it and recognize that it won't always be that way. That you will have times and seasons where your energy will grow again. There are things you can do to help right now, but also if you are a mom with young kids or if you are a working woman or if you have any type of health issues, or if you have family dynamics that you can't avoid that are hard, those things are going to sap your energy and you're going to see people around you doing so much and so differently than you and wonder why you can't do it like them. 
And you need to look inward and have some grace with yourself and recognize and acknowledge that this is a season and that it's okay. It's okay and that it can build again. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to episode 245. I hope this episode about energy management gave you a little bit of insight into your own life, your own energy profiles, some of the things that you can do to build your energy more regularly, maybe some of the places you can give yourself a break. You can download the free PDF that accompanies this episode at livefreecreative.co slash podcast. And I hope that you will. Just an opportunity to get to know yourself a little bit better and feel a little bit more acceptance and compassion and joy in your everyday life. If you haven't yet left a rating or a review for the podcast, I want to invite you to do that. It just takes a few minutes. The best way to accomplish it is to go to iTunes or the podcast app on your phone the Apple podcast app and to go down to the bottom, leave a review. You can leave a five-star rating and then just a couple sentences about why this podcast has been meaningful for you. That helps other people understand why you're listening to this show, what you like about it, and also gives me an idea about who's listening and, and what you're enjoying. Next week, I'll pick one of the reviews that has been left in this week and send you a, a surprise, a, a box of favorites in the mail. So If you leave a rating or review this week, listen in for your name next week. I'll read your review and send you something special. I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.